Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Gary Dieter and Anthony Sherman are gone, but now they are replaced by Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, who uh, we've also provided uh, a chair with a back for him. Do you enjoy that? It's good. It's nice. You're tired of these stools in here, so want to make sure you're comfortable. There's a lot to talk about with you. You know that? I don't know what what's what's your what's your priority list of all these different stories. What what do you what do you think is the top story right now with the Chiefs? Lance Leipold's raise, right? I'm here for you guys. Um, you want to talk about Lance Leipold? Got a raise. Guy got paid. I mean, he should. Yeah, there you go. That's well, a, hell yes, that's, he that's, should. That's about that's about it. Yeah. Um, talk talk to Austin Booker, the KU defensive end at the combine yesterday, and. You know, that's one of those stories that didn't happen for Kansas for. I know the transfer portal's opened up, but, like, he's a kid, transfers from Minnesota, comes in for a year, changes his body, is singing the KU's praises, Matt Gildersleeve, the strength coach, and then in a year's time he's shooting up draft boards, and he might be, you know, second, third-round pick, somewhere in there. It's kind of where it's looking like right now, somewhere around 75 on most big boards. So, Did you take a look at Darius Robinson at all? I have a story about him today. Oh, really? In the Kansas City Star. Go on. <laughs> Well, he met with the Chiefs. Yeah, um, very, very, like, very likable guy. Yes, he very, is. very confident guy. Yes. I mean, well, why wouldn't you be? I mean, very confident. It's funny. It's funny to hear him talk um, up on the stage yesterday. But you know, he said, "Hey, I met with the Chiefs. Met with Andy Reid, goat." Right. D- the D.C. goat. Right. Correct. The defensive line coach, goat. I mean, correct. Yeah. I mean, where's he wrong? <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's great. He said, uh, you know, he's from Michigan originally and said, hey, he tells people he's got two homes now, um, Michigan and Missouri. Missouri's like his second home. Would love to stay with the Chiefs. Uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft had him 27th yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yes. So if the Chiefs want his services, they will be competing with others for him. Bucky Brooks' uh, mock draft has him going number 32 to the Chiefs. There you go. Well, I mean, I wrote this in my story, Stephen. You probably can speak to it as well. But, you know, 6'5", he said he's at 285 now. He's kind of one of those versatile guys and can go up and down the line. Played over 300 at D-tackle. Exactly. And he kind of said he told teams that, like, hey, I can adjust my weight based off what you need. And isn't that what Andy loves? Versatile defensive lineman that can do everything? It's what Steve Spagnuolo loves. Yeah. But, but it seems like, you know, we hear all the time about Brett V talking about contingencies, what's going to happen this offseason. You kind of go based off of what you, um, what you don't know yet. I mean, and so to me, like, he even mentioned, he said, the two guys he watches and tries to model his game after are Max Crosby and Chris Jones. Pretty good. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, if in five years people are saying this guy plays like Chris Jones, that'll be what he wants with the ultimate compliment. So, for me, for the Chiefs, you know, like, they need defensive linemen still. Um, but and then he won't be ready at the beginning of the season, will he? He won't. Um, that we wouldn't anticipate that right now. But the other part about this is, like, looking long term, I mean, right now, the Chiefs would appear to be the favorites to sign Chris Jones. But if, if something doesn't happen with that, again, the t- contingencies happen, you need somebody young to, to s- slot in there and feel like you can develop and, and be the versatile piece that the Chiefs would need. So he seems to me like a guy that obviously the Chiefs are meeting with, are interested in, all those sorts of things. But that one seems to me like if, if for whatever reason, the Chris Jones thinks that he goes and signs elsewhere and he's not with the Chiefs, then all of a sudden you're looking in the first round going, you need to find a dude, and he seems like right now, from what people are talking about, that he's a dude. If 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 they don't 
keep Chris Jones, if Chris Jones doesn't resign with the Chiefs, then Darius Robinson is plan A, and then plan B would be Penn State's Chop Robinson because his first name is Chop, That's and that would drive people crazy oh, at Arrowhead. <laughs> people will lose their minds. And so either one, uh, but I'd rather have Darius Robinson, but Jake wants a guy named Chop, and he'd love it. Uh, yeah. but, no, but he is, and, people, and I know that... that you know, Nate gets furious, but he is the kind of defensive lineman, like you said, Spags loves, and he would be the kind of guy that they would target if indeed things didn't work out with Chris Jones, or if it did. I mean, if it did, it's just so. I think it's just sort of the priority list, right? Like the Chiefs know, kind of, they always look in two or three years ahead. Like, hey, you got to fill in this. What's going to happen with this? If you lock up Chris Jones, you feel like okay, three years, you've got that position taken, and whoever the other person is there. You're probably covered. I mean, that, that's what I would be thinking. And so if you have that, then all of a sudden, if you're a first-round pick, you're saying, okay, need a receiver, need a left tackle, you know, need something else. But, again, we don't know how this is going to fall. And Chris Jones can stay, you know, while he's had a few beverages at the parade that he's coming back. He wants right. a three-peat, all those things. But I'll tell you what, when free agency starts, then you've got 32 teams bidding after you. And the Chiefs no longer can just negotiate with them on their own. So – um, things change and things happen, and that's why if you're Brad Beach, you remain versatile, you remain flexible, you you plan in things and plan in the unexpected. And so, yeah, that's where he could make a lot of sense for the Chiefs. And a local kid on top of that, you know what you're getting. Um, and, again, said, seemed to love his interview with the Chiefs, but uh, those those are the types of things that you build in just in case things don't go exactly according to plan. Well, I'll just take a quick peek into that crystal ball of yours. Uh, Chris Jones, re-signs with the Chiefs, yes or no, if you had to predict right now. I think so. I think yes. I mean, that's not even just based off of me. I mean, you got real markets out there like DraftKings. Last time I checked, he was minus three fifty to have his first snap with the Chiefs next year. Wait, uh, you can bet on this? Oh boy, you say that. <laughs> I I, why would you tell him do, that? Do I, do I need a sounder? We need. We need. Good. We got the soccer sounder. God. We got the betting sounder. I, didn't for, for, I, for, I mean, I'm new. Jake. I'm new to this whole <laughs> whole app. I mean, I used to have a guy. Right, this app thing. So, Here, let me, let me so what does that him. mean? That pl- he's he's what is it? So minus three hundred means you bet uh, three hundred and fifty dollars, or what is he minus three fifty? You said I'm gonna look at it right now. So it was so minus three fifty last time. They're I all be- based off hundred dollar bets. So if you if they're plus, then you bet a hundred and you get that number. And if they're minus, then you have to bet that number. You got to bet three fifty to make a hundred bucks. Yes, all right, sir. so it's down now. The Chiefs are now minus two fifty. So that number's gone down since I last saw it. Uh, but that Where's means my phone? that means Where's you. My phone? Would, I'll make a hundred bucks real quick. So, like, that's a one in four chance that he's going to do it. No, so the I could get the implied odds calculator here. That'd be about, uh, I would say, about implied odds about seventy three ish percent with the Chiefs, mm. and then the next team is the Bears, then the Texans. The in Bears. the next segment, Jesse explains gambling to Nate Bucati. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the, I'm I, here for you. I'm I feel like I'm representing the one portion of our audience that doesn't know this stuff, you know. So I got to ask these questions. I don't know if you realize how many gamblers you have living. I know we. I know the majority right of you. our audience probably uh, understands it, but there's 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 some morons like me that uh, that hold on to our money a little bit more. Seventy-one percent implied odds for the Chiefs if you go off of minus two fifty. So. Any other, any other? So the odds makers think bets? it's a seventy percent plus chance that he's that he signs. Uh, first, for which team will Chris Jones take his first snap in the twenty four twenty five regular season? Chiefs minus two fifty implied odds seventy one percent. Throw some money on it right now. We're trying to make you money. That just doesn't seem like you're going to make a lot of money if you bet on it. What, you know? Is there is there anything about Lejerry Sneed and where he goes? Let me look. 
Eagles, Falcons, what? I, what do we got here? Yeah, I don't think so because that might require a trade, which kind of throws some stuff out there. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing him on here, but let's get into the deep water. Yeah, I was going to say view more, maybe. No, okay. no, not on here. So you, but if, if we asked you today, you say Chris Jones resigns, Legereus Need, what uniform is he wearing next year? Would you say? Falcons. Yes. Defensive coach comes in, needs to set a culture. I believe you're right. Falcons. That's who I'd pick. Nate Ucati demanded... Uh, oh, you can bet on the combine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this world that you're entering right now, oh, it's no. like Charlie walking Whoa. into the chocolate factory. He's just enamored with the chocolate river and everything he else. He comes out of the mountains oh, and he's Jesus. like, wait, what did I do here? No, no, you, you, you did something. Dash. I want you to know that. Uh, oh, no. so we, we think faster than four two two, guys. Okay, so we had an interesting conversation about this. Nate had a pie in the sky idea of what the Chiefs could get for Legereus Need. You know what? Fine, whatever. You should ask a lot for him. Um, but I don't know if if if, if that's gonna. What, 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 did you, what did you say? A first round pick and a fourth round pick? Yeah, I thought a couple of uh, a couple of picks, and and I think right. a first rounder is is. Warranted for him, but it doesn't sound like I have a good read on the market well, there. Who knows? It takes one team. I, I yeah. thought maybe like a second round pick and maybe a late pick or just a second round pick. Who knows? What do you think is is the market value in a trade? Because a team's going to have to pay him a bunch of money, also. But what what if you're if you're telling Chiefs fan, okay, here's what your expectations should be, so you're not disappointed. What do you think the Chiefs get for a trade? Um, in return for for Legereus Need, yeah, I think middle second round. So what you're saying, Stephen, could be like if you're a late picker in the second round, right. then a second and a fifth. Or yeah, that's what I said. I'm saying I said like a second, fifth, or second and sixth. If you're a high second round, that's it. Exactly, exactly. So that that that's what I'm, and I think that is sort of backed sort of backed up with what you're saying here, which is like it only takes one team to overpay and say, hey, you need that for him. But I think that's what if you're the Chiefs, you're asking for. Um, but this is sort of a, an interesting dance now. You know what I mean? Like, Legereus Sneed and his agent can go to other teams and say, hey, they're tagging me. Would you be interested in a trade? And they can start to negotiate. And he can kind of start to see what teams are out there and, and see what interest is there. But, uh, no, I, I do think a second round. And the thing for the Chiefs is they just don't get these opportunities all that often to have these extra picks. And we saw what they did with them in 2022. Uh, just, you know, hit it out of the ballpark with all these guys that have built up this super young, amazing defense that helped lead them to their – second consecutive Super Bowl. So you just have options then. I mean, if you trade for a second-round pick, all of a sudden it doesn't have to be a second-round pick. You can trade your second-round pick and your first-round pick and move up and get to, I don't know, what, the 20s? Uh, the early 20s? Mm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, now you're you're really solving potentially a problem at receiver. Now we're talking. at offensive line or, or whatever the case may be. And the part of this that – I. I think LeJarius Sneed just fits so well with the Chiefs. I think he's physical. I think they deal with his penalties. They just like that's fine. But, you know, they all you always hear price of doing business. It's the price of doing business for LeJarius Sneed. You know, he can cover the outside. He takes away the number one receiver, Trent McDuffie. You pair it with him. He can cover the inside. It allows the versatility they do with their blitzes. So he's a great fit with the Chiefs. But at a certain point, you just have this embarrassment of riches where it's like, why, why, why should Jalen Watson not play more? Why should Joshua Williams not play? Why, why should Nazi Johnson, who tore his ACL and was going to earn the third quarterback That's spot, right. why should he not be in? And, I mean, so 
I know you guys were talking about Dave Merritt last hour um, and kind of just the factory the Chiefs have in the secondary where they bring in guys. Uh, to talk to Dave Merritt at the, at the Super Bowl is funny because he said – uh, to me, he said, people thought I was crazy. I got Brett Beach to draft five cornerbacks in that 2022 draft. I mean, if you think about it, that's pretty nuts, and they're all good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, they yeah. all produced. Legit, legit like, NFL like, players. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they went McDuffie, Cook, Watson, Williams, and Nazi Johnson, and all of them are good. So, yeah, at a certain point, I think if you're the Chiefs, it's sort of kind of back to almost finances or, or stock market, like you're trying to maximize your resources. So you could trade Joshua Williams, but I don't think that's getting you the value of like trading luxurious need and, and selling somebody, you're going to get this number one corner. And then saying, if you're the Chiefs, we have confidence in our players, our coaching staff, this whole thing that's built up what it is to this point to fill in from behind with all these guys you already know. So that, to me, is why it makes more sense for Legere Sneed. And we know Chris Jones is going to get paid top of market, but th- there's just not that natural fill-in for the Chiefs. Like, who would step into Chris Jones's role right now for the Chiefs? I, I don't have that great answer unless they're going to take somebody in the first round of the draft and hope he can produce right away. So there's just sort of a part of this for me, if, if you're the Chiefs, it's just like if you have – if you have this factory built in and, and you have this great advantage over the rest of the NFL, you just take advantage of it and you believe in yourself and you believe in Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, and Nazi Johnson that they'll be able to do the job next year just like Jerry Steve and Trent McDuffie did once Javarius Lord left and went to the 49ers. What do you think the timeline is uh, to get this done, uh, Legereus need trade? How soon do you think that could happen? Um, well, these are the weird details, right, because, like, Everybody's at the combine. You know, I just came back from there. Like all the agents are there, all the teams are there. I mean, it could happen any time, really. I mean, uh, it could happen today. Uh, but for, for the Chiefs, I, they don't have like just gobs of cap room. You know what I mean? Like it would be good for them to have things settled so that you can continue to move forward. And if you do tag a guy, this is what we saw like with Orlando Brown last year. The Chiefs didn't tag, and we were all kind of surprised by that. But the reason is you have to hold that money hostage. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot use that money to go out and sign somebody. That money is reserved for the franchise tag guy. So, I mean, if it's going to happen, I think the Chiefs would rather know it sooner rather than later, especially if they've come to the decision to to move on from Legereus Sneed. Maybe they haven't come to that decision. Maybe if, if the, the offer's not out there, you just tag him and play him and be happy with what you have. Um, but... If there are offers on the table, I would assume there would be, then I think sooner the better because, you know, free agency is coming here in, in a couple of weeks, and you want to know the dollars and where they're being diverted to. And uh, for the Chiefs, the sooner the better uh, to know that so that you can attack free agency with full force. The Chiefs released MBS to gain $12 million against the cap. What do you think are the next move or moves that will create more salary cap space for the Chiefs to make? That's a good question. I mean... <laughs> the luxurious one is is one of them. It's one. Yeah. Anything um, with Mahomes' contract. You know, those are always complicated. It seems like that happens every single year, um, but it's like a matter of how much gets moved, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, we talk all the time about what the difference is between some teams sort of have the ability to outspend their problems a little bit more than the Chiefs do because their cash budget is a little bit higher than their cap budget, if that makes sense. And the Chiefs are uh, more kind of beholden to what the cap is. So we'll see. I mean, they're not in horrible shape. And obviously the, the, the salary cap going up as much as it did 
it helps the Chiefs in a couple ways. For one, like they're paying Mahomes a lot, but as long as the salary cap goes up, his his salary becomes more of a bargain, if you will. You know what I mean? He's taking up less cash room, cap cap room. But um, not only that, if you look at it, um, it probably allowed them to for sure do the luxurious Sneed tag thing because if you're really hitting up against the ceiling there uh, and need to reserve that money, now it allows you to reserve that money because you just have a little bit more breathing room than you might not have had before. And, you know, Brett Veach was kind of hinting that, at that at the Combine that, that when that number jumped up, it sort of put the tag completely back in the playing field for the Chiefs. Um, so... Like they get creative with it, they're really good with it. Obviously, Brant Tillis was in charge of it, and he left for the Carolina Panthers, so they've got other people in charge. But they've been really, really smart and savvy with this thing. And then we know how they operate in free agency, which is they make might get one guy to start off with that they really target, and then they let the thing play out for about a week and a half, and then they go back to their board and they say, "Hey, this Drew Tranquil guy is about the same as this dude that just went three years for eighteen million. What, what what's what's up with him? Let's have Andy Reid send some texts and see if." He can recruit him to the Chiefs, and then they go back and they get some really good values at the end of free agency because they know that the value of every dollar. So they've handled this really well uh, with both the draft and free agency, and I think it shows in some of the results. That's the reason that uh, a big reason why they've been competitive the last two years and obviously won the last two Super Bowls. Before we break, any follow up uh, with Jesse on anything that I uh, that I said? So they, they still got to have a deep threat, right? Like if MBS yes. is gone, how much is it going to cost to find a replacement? You know, I mean, or, or do they draft him? Yeah. Um, again, that's the contingencies here. I, I I, keep going back to, like, to me, receiver seems like one of those positions where if you draft him, they play right away and they're pretty productive. And that doesn't seem to happen with all the positions. So if I'm the Chiefs, if you see that guy in the draft and it seems to be a pretty deep wide receiver draft, um, that that I'm, to me that's that's the favorite to me for the first round pick is is a receiver. You can guys step in and you talked about MVS and taking the top off. Yes, they always have that guy that just runs straight down the field, takes the top off, spreads out the defense. So they need that guy, but it sure would help if he was a little bit more productive in the regular season than what MVS was. So I I think that guy is a first round drafted receiver. But again, it depends on how things. But if they don't get Chris, let let's say they tag and trade Larry Seed and then Chris Jones. Signs elsewhere. Okay, well then, free agency, you can immediately move on to one of these big names. You know what I mean? You can go and say, okay, Mike Evans, what's it going to take? What did I just hear? Steven's got some allergies. (laughs) Did you say uh, deep threat? First of all, everybody wants to know how you're feeling right now uh, as you try to get ready for this game. I'm good. You you back in practice full-time and full-go and all that? Uh yeah. All right. So, how excited are you for the chance to get to get on the field again, especially knowing what you went through last year? I'm good. There's your deep threat. Don't feel like he went deep very often. That's yeah, so a what he's Every a threat. Two I didn't say he's going to go deep. He'll, he'll, <laughs> Is he? He'll threaten you. So. Well, he might. Thre- yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about Gabe Davis? That's my wish list right now. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> no response. I, I mean, yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm just so happy, you know. He's not. He's not the. What did he think he'd be so disrespectful? Guy. He's not I, about. You know, I'm 26 years old. We come in here. So another thorn in Buffalo's side. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's here's the other thing. Like, as long as we're talking about like smart things the Chiefs do, like they first round picks that they've taken since Clyde, mm. they go get guys that like. It's really difficult to get in the free agent market. You know what I mean? Like to get 
Rasheed Rice. Let's let, let's say Rasheed Rice is available as a free agent next Ooh. year. What would he get? A lot. A lot of freaking money. Like, when's the last time a, 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 a really, 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 really good receiver hit the open like market? A young one, yeah. Like a young one that didn't get extended. Never happens, right? So I, I hear you on this. And, again, we can talk about, like, will a guy fall to them? Will they hit a free agent? You know, yes, that could be possible. And it could be a plug-and-play sort of situation. It's just really hard at receiver to get that value back because there's not very many of them that hit free agent market, and everybody's going to want one. So if you're the Chiefs, last year, you know, Felix didn't play much. But how how many edge rushers are really good hit the open market? Like, what's the one I can think of? Like, Vaughn Miller got six for 120, and now the Bills are immediately regretting it. That, to me, is why the Chiefs could be in the first-round play for the, the receivers, because that is a really tough position to get good value for in free agency. And if you hit on the guy... Boy, you got the upside. You've got the the cap considerations where you're not paying a guy much, and you can build with him and also potentially give him an extension at the end. So, uh, if you're the Chiefs, it's it's really difficult, I think, to pay up for that. But to your point, Stephen, I mean, there's all sorts of things that could happen that they don't know about. So they could play at the very top of the free agent market if other things fall into place and other things don't fall exactly as they think they're going to go. I just think long-term, the Chiefs need to keep hitting on Rasheed Rice is because if that happens, they have unlimited upside for those rookies. They can extend them, and they can do all the sorts of things that are very difficult to do in free agency. Sign Gabe Davis or Darnell Mooney and draft one uh, in the second round. There you go. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the show. I didn't want to we, – we, Jake mentioned this, somehow brought up something topical that I wanted to mention, and so there it is uh, at the beginning. But I, I – we really didn't get a chance to get your either your thoughts. I know you said he deserved it, but that was significant. The Lance Leipold got a big raise because yeah. there were some schools knocking at his door. Yeah, um, curious, seven million what, a year. Curious, what did uh, what did he say when you texted him congratulations yesterday? Oh, you texted him congratulations. I did. Yes, I did. Let's yeah. make sure that uh, yeah, someone on the show did. I, I wrote him a handwritten okay, note. Okay, well, so. did, did he get it yet? Not yet. Okay, so. So make sure I'm old-fashioned. Make sure you know I'm taking care of business. I, he knows that I appreciate him. Well, good. I'm glad you're coming on the show. You're representing Can I us have well. his number, please? No. <laughs> I don't think I have his number. No. There's I'm not on the same terms with him as no, you are. I mean, hey, you guys he, are very... You know why? You know why? Because he, I, it's proven he listens to the show and he comes on the show every week. Yeah, I don't, I don't have his and number. And that's a, that's a time investment that he doesn't have yeah. to make, and I appreciate that. And I want him to know that at least one of us does. I, I exchanged Twitter DMs with him one time. Jake's having a blast in here, by the way, at the start of the segment. But that is significant. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Aside, it's he deserves every penny of it. You know, I mean, and for probably, what he's done. And, and probably more. Well, I love the fact. And I, I, there's no added years to the contract, right? It's just like, here's a raise. <laughs> Correct. He just keeps getting raises. And no he keeps, extension. And, and fine. Raise. You know, it, Get him a new stadium. Get him a raise. These three schools right now, between Mizzou, KU, and K-State, have three kick-ass football coaches. And for my purposes of doing this show, that's how we won it. This is a lot of fun yeah, to cover man. all three of these schools right now. That team was incredibly fun to watch last and year. And you're talking last about, you know, years. players at the at the Combine. And that carries over into, into you know, us covering the NFL and the Chiefs. It's, yeah. it's better for everyone. We like it. Even Jake, right? You like it? I can't tell. Thumbs up. There you go. Thumbs up. And so it was significant. So congratulations to uh, Border Patrol contributor Lance Leipold for that that well-deserved raise. Way to go, Coach. 
Now, yesterday was the press conference to unveil these the, the plans for the renovations at, at Arrowhead. And I all I could do is just tell you what my reaction was when I saw it. And we all talked about this a little bit earlier. I, when I saw it, I go, that's it. It just didn't, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey, anything that, that upgrades, it's fine, that's great. I'm, I'm a fan of. But I just, I don't know. I thought there was going to be more. Did you, was there, did you have any certain type of reaction when you saw what what the plans were, what, what they unveiled yesterday? Yeah, and I mean, full disclosure here, so this is kind of like, dueling banjos or whatever but like i'm at the combine at at the nflpa meeting where they're releasing the grades um so this is happening at the same time that like sam mcdowell vi gregory and blair are back here when they're releasing the renderings well while the nflpa grades are being released at the same time while they're being released at the same time and so yeah so you know honestly i haven't studied super close the renderings there's some there's the dueling banjos banjos. you called for it you get it look at that um (laughs) so yeah this whole thing is 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 interesting so it doesn't seem like there's much benefit for the common fan right like i didn't see too much there did you guys i mean video boards I, i guess like there's that turf thing outside. Um, I don't know. It's it's so weird. And for all this to sort of pile up, I mean, John Sherman and his group, there has not been a lot of definitives with this whole stadium thing. But they've talked about the one billion dollar that they're going to contribute. You know, and so for this to be eight hundred million, with you know Clark Hunt saying he would put three hundred million of it. I, I don't know. It just like I said, Stephen. It, you saw the, the Royals renderings, and obviously they have a lot of stuff if you're going to put a lot of money into it and, and have these grand visions. But I didn't see too much there on first glance, and uh, for that to happen again with the NFLPA being released at the same time was definitely an interesting 30-minute span. You heard us talking about those grades with Gary Dieter and Anthony Sherman, and I can I can only assume that Clark Hunt didn't love having to answer questions about his grade and uh, – the, the the claim that the Chiefs didn't upgrade the the locker room, you know, after they they told the players, who knows, that's whatever. But what's your reaction to those NFLPA grades? Is, is there is there an overreaction right now? Is it surprising to you? That, I mean, they were bad grades the year before, and the grades got worse this year. Yeah, I encourage people to read Sam McDowell. Our columnist wrote a great story column this morning about it, um, and. I just, I'm sort of, I'm surprised because Sam even includes this in his column where he said, so last year this thing came out and like nobody knew really what was coming. You know what I mean? And the Chiefs graded really low and all this stuff. And Clark Hunt at the time said, I'll be interested to see what the grades are next year. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, this kind of, kind of like, hey, it took me by surprise, but like I'll address this and I'm interested to see what happens next year. Well, the next year he got an F minus, um, and apparently, to, apparently chairs weren't enough. <laughs> and well, to, they didn't like the chairs, right. you well, know, well, bad chairs. Well, and to be clear, um, the owners are only graded on willingness to improve resources. Okay, so when you're talking about you're going to tell the players that they're going to get their locker room upgraded uh, after the first Super Bowl season, and then 
you know, I'll read straight from. So, I was at the NFLPA press conference. They asked for questions. NFLPA president J.C. Treader. So, I mean, I'm there. So I asked. I said, hey, the Chiefs are 31st out of 32 teams in the overall grade. That obviously does not match up with what they are on the field. Any general thoughts on what the Chiefs are? Good question. And, yeah, he said, um, again, not following, on play, not following through on promises to players, he said that the Chiefs players were told that they had played too long in the postseason. So there wasn't time enough to renovate the locker room because they had played too long. You guys they, just keep winning these playoff games. And they you just chill out winning. for a minute. And so his quote was here, quote, I think there's some frustration there in the room. Quote, we keep winning Super Bowls and nothing's coming back to us. There's no priority on making our lives better. So mm. obviously this thing and has. Whose quote was that? Just a, a named player? Or who's... That was J.C. Treader. But I mean. The NFL PA yeah. president speaking on behalf of the players. He says, I think there's some frustration in there in the room. We keep winning Super Bowls and nothing's coming back to us. There's no priority on making our lives better. Again, this is a guy that's Jeez. reading all these responses. Right. Um, so obviously there's been a big, you know, there's a lot of response to this um, back and forth. And, and you guys obviously talked about it last hour as well. I'm just sort of with Nate here. Where it's like, why can't you have both? And if you go back and play the very end of our segment last week, we talked about this, remember? Yeah. Because we talked about yeah. the Andy Reid saying, hey, he texted up Pierce and said, hey, thanks for your help and whatever. And I told you guys, I said, you know what's 100% real in that quote is him talking up the facilities. Yes, you did. The Chiefs walked into those facilities and said, I mean, guys, let's be honest. Like, Let's, let's, let's say they walked into the facility and go, why the hell do the Raiders get this facility? What have the Raiders done to earn this? You know what I mean? They don't win Super Bowls. They don't go to five or six straight AFC championship games. Why the hell do they get these? And why, why do the Chiefs get this in the locker room? That sort of thing. And, and why are promises not followed up on? So, again, is there a matter of here that you can grind through it and be good still? Yes, absolutely. Can you still be a successful organization because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and Andy Reid is your coach and they can overcome a lot of stuff? Yes, but why can't it be both ways? Why can't you have a nice locker room? Um, one thing that is not included in the grades is the um, – I asked about this. I asked about the overall facilities, the practice facility. He said it might be added next year. But the Chiefs have to rank 32nd in that as well. We heard from uh, Mark Donovan, the Chiefs team president, that they're going to add air conditioning. Guys, there was a day when it was like 110 degrees here where they practiced indoors, and it was absurd. I mean, we were sweating through our shirts up top, and you could see guys, even like Mahomes, out there like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we even out So here? when they say they're going to revisit that, are they going to come back to the taxpayers for that too, or is that something they'll just invest in on their That's own? That's something they invest in on their own. And, again, there's kind of up in the air. Again, I encourage you to read Sam. Sam's column because he goes into this as well because that's something that could change as well. Like the team could move its headquarters somewhere else and bid for another county to pay for that, and then potentially you would think down the line put training camp there, like, like raking yeah. rake your own money. Well, like you know like how I mean? Dallas is in their their training facilities in Frisco, exactly. but their stadiums in Arlington, right? exactly. Yeah. And then again, if you that training camp money, why does it have to go to St. Joseph? Why couldn't it just go to? Chiefs, you know, or, or whatever county has decided to, to pay for the facility, that sort of thing. So, again, it's a long-winded answer here, but I, I think I think Sherm hit it on the head and Garrick hit it on the head last hour, which is like sort of a matter of respect. We all know how this works. Like, we all work in offices or with people. It's like if somebody spruces up your office and makes it look nice, you, you feel 
loved. You feel wanted. You feel like, hey, this is something. And so obviously there's been the production on one side of this. Why can't there be the um, opening up of the checkbook on the other side? And I think that's what's led to this frustration and obviously what led to the grade that came out yesterday. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHP. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez and Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. So we've talked plenty about the NFLPA grades and the and the renovations and everything else. Let's spend the end of the show talking about what I think most Chiefs fans actually care about right now and what they're doing um, with the team. Yeah. Okay, so we know Sneed has the tag, and he's he's been given permission to seek a trade. I think Nate believes that's that's the best thing for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Even, even if there's a chance to resign him, you think it's better to move on and, and get a draft pick. Yes. Okay. As, as long as they're good draft picks. Jake. Yeah. Let, let's just let's just say it's a, like like what Jesse said because I agree with him. Second round, either a high second round pick or a low second round pick in addition to another pick. And, and the only th- the only thing I would add to what Jesse said about it earlier is is that. I'm not under the impression that as good as I, as much as I like Watson and Williams, I do expect there to be a drop off. Like I don't expect them to come in and play at the same level as Legarius Sneed. At least, definitely not right off the bat. But but bring but Chris think, Jones back, Felix in the second year, maybe the pass rush gets better. There's you know yeah, and and if all those guys get a little bit better collectively, you get the kid back mm-hmm. that they thought was going to play last year that got hurt. Brian Cook comes back from injury. Yeah, you, you, the collective whole. I think that the the loss is not as devastating, you know. And then you make up for it by getting young players that are cheap. You can cover back. up that loss easier yeah. than you can cover up losing Chris Jones, Jake Gutierrez. Uh, I'm a, under the belief that you get anything you can for him. I mean, what? What? I mean, you take the best offer available and you move on. I, I mean, I would love for him to stay here, but you, you don't. We've seen the Chiefs not invest in high dollar amounts in those positions, and I, I think that's the right move. I mean, you've proven that you can get high quality players at a premium for less by the draft. Uh, Jesse, um, part of that part of that process is Dave Merritt. The, the secondary coach, he, he must be given credit for the success of these young defensive backs. He's he's in consideration to be the defensive coordinator with the 49ers. Um, do you think he goes to the 49ers? And if so, how big of a loss would that be? I would be surprised um, just because he very candidly, I thought he's great. He's great in interviews. We would love talking to him. Um, it's funny when there's like assistant coaches days. I like I just basically put merit every single time right. to the Chiefs PR staff because he's just he's great to talk to. But he talked about you know um, I know uh, Anthony Sherman mentioned this last hour. Just his son is in high school getting recruited. Uh, you know, is he gonna be a senior? Or is he a senior? Uh, that's I think he's he's getting recruited right now, so it should be a junior, right? Or uh, it's either a sophomore or junior because senior year by that point usually mm-hmm. guys are decided. Uh, but he had talked pretty candidly about not wanting to move his family and not wanting to do something like that unless four star some... junior linebacker yeah. at Blue Valley. There you go. Um, not wanting to do that until basically, uh, you know, his, his unless some crazy opportunity came open. Not wanting to move his family until that his kid was out of high school and that all could be settled. So yeah. I would be surprised, but um, you know, listen. Then you go back through my tweets. I mean, I. I think this guy's deserved a D.C. opportunity for a long time. Um, last couple of years, what he's done with the defensive back room, it's like uh, 
it's like magic beans, man. If you can turn fourth, seventh, seventh round picks into what the Chiefs turn those guys into, uh, man, that is a, a great advantage to have over the rest of the NFL. Yeah, just letting you know because it, it's meaningful. Uh, like you said, uh, Dawson Merritt, four star outside linebacker, six three and a half, two fifteen, uh, in the ESPN top one hundred at uh, Blue Valley High. And one of the top 20 linebackers in the nation in the class of 2025. So. See, and that's in the top 10. I think that was coming soon. I don't know if that's on whatever you have pulled up. But I think he's one of those He's one of those recruits. Like, I'm announcing a top 10, and it's not going to be, you know, the, the local D2 schools. It's going to be the top of the top. Well, I know Kansas and Kansas State are, are battling for him. Yeah. So. They become the top of the top. Yeah. If I see, uh, six days ago. Uh, Merritt has official visits set with Nebraska, Oklahoma, yeah. and also looks forward to stops at Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Alabama. There you go. <laughs> Was there one school in there, Stephen, that you wanted know. to highlight? I He's don't big know. Ole Miss. You've been fired about that Ole Miss, huh? Yeah. i tell you what, if I was a kid, I'd love to go visit Ole Miss and hang out with <laughs> Lane Kiffin for a while. Did you see him commenting on his his players like TikTok videos and stuff. He's like, "Please never do this again." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's he'd be hard for me not to play for him. I'd like, ah, I don't want to go there. Um, okay, so what? what, what and I kind of asked you this earlier, but just like, what, what? What do you think is next? Like, what's the next shoe to drop in the sequence of of reshaping the roster and this off season of, of Brett Veach? What, what, should, what should we be expecting? Everything, everyone's at the combine. Everyone's all the movers and shakers are down there. What do you expect? I think the Snead thing is what's next. You figure out what's happening with him. We got to mention as well, like when they traded Tyreek, it wasn't just trading Tyreek; it was trading Tyreek and the salary. Right, and that's the thing you talked about with the salary cap room. If you're trading Lajarius Snead, you're getting cheaper at that position as well, and able to fill in with uh, other guys. So you can spend the money elsewhere. I would anticipate still Chris Jones is going to let free agency open up and then see what all the offers are. And so I think the Chiefs are going to make a serious run at him, and that's the number one priority. You try to get him locked up as quick as possible so you can go on with the rest of your offseason. So I, we have 90 seconds, but I haven't really figured this out yet, so I want to ask you, what do you think is the plan at left tackle? Is there any chance Donovan Smith comes back? Does, is Wanye Morris the the young left tackle that they're going to look to build – on you know, you build with in the future, bring in a veteran to compete with him, or do you still think that there's a chance they go out and draft one in the first or second round? What, what do you think? What's the situation at left tackle? Because that's big. I'm glad you asked because I asked Brad Beach that uh, at the combine. So got a story up the Kansas City Star about that. Actually asked hmm. him first about Creed Humphrey, whether they see him as a center or guard long term. So, yes, uh, that's answered in there, and he basically said we see him as an All Pro type interior lineman. So. Interesting answer. See him as a center for now, but maybe down the line could be different. As far as left tackle goes, Wani Morris basically had had some good moments, had some bad moments, but they want to bring in competition for him. Don't know if that'll be another draft pick or if it'll be free agency, but uh, Brad Beach definitely seems interested. Says right tackle's locked down with Jawan Taylor. Left tackle, TBD, but expect them to bring competition in there for Wanya. Anything else that you're working on? You've got a lot of good stuff to read in the Kansas City Star. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Austin Booker will be out today. Uh, but, yeah, Darius Robinson out yesterday. And then uh, a bunch of Brett Veach stories from the Combine that we talked about. Like I said, the offensive line story and uh, obviously the offseason plans with Jerry Sneed. It's all up there. And then uh, after the show, could you spend a few minutes uh, telling Jake more things he can gamble Please. on? Please. He'd love it. So He loves the numbers just like me. Anything. Uh, that's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. That's the Border Patrol. Thank you so much for listening on Sports Radio 810 WHP.